We're up to the Chav base Amid Aleph, and we had a Machlekes between Rav and Shmuel. If you only have five Psukim, what do you do? With two Aliyahs, Rav says you repeat one of the Psukim, and Shmuel says that you'd break one of the Psukim in half. Rav, Rav doesn't agree because any Pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't do, we don't want to do as well. We, any Pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say in, in that particular Eifen, we don't want to say it as well, so therefore we don't, uh, we don't follow that. And... Um, and what do you call it? Um, but, and what is the reason of why we actually uh, um, repeat a passage? Shmuel doesn't like that. And he says, the problem is if you, let's say, there's five seconds. If you read the first three, you're leaving only two seconds behind. If somebody then walks into Shul, they um, <clears throat> somebody walks, you only leave two seconds, somebody um, walk, uh, walks out, they'll think, well, the next Ali is only going to have two seconds. That's a problem. And if you're only going to read, let's say, one pasuk in the new paragraph to to make up what you uh, let's say you you started, you have two pasuk in you before, and you're going to read one pasuk into the next sugya, the next subject. Somebody then who walks in, and then and um, will think that you only read one pasuk before. So we're going to the chnasin and yaitzim. So now the Gemara is going to ask you questions. We are up to mesavei is about you know, about twenty lines on the top of the page. Says the Gemara. Mesvei, I have a question. Parsha shall she subsukim. It says in the Brice, if you have a parsha of six sukim, very easy. You divide them in two. The shall chamisha psukim, if you only have five sukim, be yachid, ideally, you only do it one. You only do it one. And now, according to Rashi in, in Tainus, the Gemara is asking a question. From here, our Rab and Anshmuel. It says clearly here, Parsha five sukkim and do one. Why doesn't the Gemara suggest either divide the middle pasuk in half or repeat the middle pasuk? Rashi here doesn't think that's a question because Rashi here believes that Rashi says, you know, you can read, talking about where you can, you have time or you can continue reading into the next Parsha. And because you can continue reading the next Parsha, it's not an ideal thing to repeat a pasuk or to divide a pasuk, just continue. So this is another problem. What is the problem according to Rashi here? The next part of the Brahsa, it says, the first guy already read three psukim and you only leave two psukim behind. You read two from this parsha. And you read one in the next parsha. Now, according to Rav, that is not an ideal situation. You read only one in the next parsha. Somebody coming in now will think that you only read one pasuk. Doesn't realize you read the two psukim prior to that as well. So it's a problem. So it wouldn't have been better to repeat instead of uh, reading two and then one, just repeat the third pasik that the previous guy. This is not a question of Shmuel because Shmuel says you have to divide a pasik in half. And here we're talking about a case we already read the third pasik. It's too late to divide it in half. Another opinion says, you read three psukim into the next parsha. We don't want to read up in the new parsha less than three psukim because if you read less than three psukim, a guy coming in thinks he just read, he thinks he got the parsha you began and you only read one or two psukim. Now, if Rav is correct, the one that says you repeat a passing, repeat it. And according to Rashi, when I go to the next few words, the one who says he should divide, he should divide. Not, not good as that, but Rashi Tainus is good as it because he learns the questions from the first part of the Brisa, which says that you just have five sukim. Why don't we just, you know, and when Rashi learns, we don't have another partial to read into. So why don't we just then divide a passing or why don't we just repeat a passing? Anyway, we have an option here. This 
uh, option of, re of repeating a POSIC is a last resort. Now here we have an easy one. Continue into the next paragraph. The halacha is like this yesh aimi that says that we don't read into a new parsha less than three psukim. Just like we just said that when you begin a new parsha, you never read less than three psukim because somebody walks in and they only saw that you read in the new parsha two psukim. They might think that you started reading from the new parsha and all you read is two psukim. That's good enough. When we learned before, you need a minimum of three. Likewise, so too, when you finish a subject, never leave less than three psukim in that particular pasha, because if you leave less than three, somebody walks out and thinks that, well, the next aliyah will get those two psukim that are left and think you can have two psukim. So what do you have to tell us the second halach about leaving two psukim? When you when you you know finishing off an ali and going into a new parsha, we said the komeko tanekama tanekama says I don't mind if you only read one pasuk. And yet mach midi yeshem the yeshem said no no we don't want you to read just one pasuk because the guy walks out. Uh, if a guy comes in, they think that you only read one pasuk in this thing. They're worried. The tanekama is not worried, but the mach midi worried. So sheer when it talks about you finishing an ali and you're leaving in a new subject, you're leaving um, in a subject, you're leaving less than three psukim. The mach tanekama agrees. It's a problem because somebody, um, you know, walks out thinks he can have two psukim left. Is like So surely, yes, I will also be machmer. Why do you really have to tell us that? And then it would seem surely everyone agrees. It's not even a question. Everyone would agree that you should never leave less than three psukim behind because somebody then um, walking out will think that the, the next ali is only going to read the, the, the balance, which is two psukim. Says more no. I would have thought when we, we were worried about people coming in. In other words, if you read into the new paragraph, one of the psukim, and a guy walks in and he sees that in this subject you only read two psukim prior, he'll think that Ali is going off Nichnasi. That happens that people come late to show. In fact, it happens quite often. In the middle of Kriya Satrela to go home, is not is not common, and therefore we would have thought that if you are um, finishing an Ali and you're leaving two psukim behind, we're not worried that somebody is going to leave right now and think, oh, there's only two psukim left, that's all they're going to read. The man We don't think people generally do not leave in the middle of the Sefer Torah and leave it behind and just walk out. Kamashlan to tell you that no, Abshimalevi says that even so, we're, we're geyser that you don't leave two psukim because there are some people who leave and we don't want them to go with that mistaken notion. The Tanakam, um, so now let's talk, understand the Tanakam is lodging. Tanakam says, don't leave two psukim behind because we're worried about people leaving. So why, is it, why isn't he worried that if you're going to only read one Pasuk into a new, a new subject, what about, why is he worried about people coming in, which is much more common? And they'll see you only read one Pasuk before, two Pasuk before, they'll think, oh, that's good enough. Why isn't Tanakam worried about that? That's, that should be more grounds for concern than, than you know, somebody leaving, as we just explained. He said, don't leave two psukim behind because we're worried about people leaving, which from the 18, because people might leave and think that two psukim is enough, that the balance of two psukim, that's all they're going to have an aliyah. And surely, and surely, and the Tanakhama surely should say that don't begin. Don't, don't start in, in a new subject, two psukim, because the guy walking in late will think that all you read was two psukim. And it's not much more common. Says the Gemara, Tanakhama believes, if anybody comes in late and he sees that there's only two psukim before and he'll think, hey, that's a bit odd. They only had to leave two psukim. He'll turn around and ask somebody in Shul. She'll ask somebody in Shul what happened here. And they'll tell him that we read also the previous parasha. When he leaves, who's he going to ask? 
which one? It's the middle aliyah that repeats a pasik. Then our Mishnah said we had different number of aliyahs depending on the day. And the Mishnah says, this is the rule, any day that has Musaf in it, like Rishchidosh and Cholamai, you read one more aliyah for. You have a question. What about Tainus Tzibur? What about a fast day? How many do you read? What's the Shaila? Do we say the Shaydish? We're talking about a Therefore, you only have uh, you only have three years. Ideal, but perhaps it's not so much karmusiv. It's the fact that you did something today more than you do a normal weekday. At a tiny tzibur, also in the shemaneser, we add a bracha anenu. So maybe that's sufficient. That warrants the uh, fourth aliyah. You add something to davening anenu. Says you want to touch coming here. It says in our Mishnah, you read four day, you read four aliyas. It seems clearly a habit tiny tzibur when it comes to tiny tzibur. Gimel three aliyas. Because it says only Cholamoid and Rishchidish is four leaves. Obviously, everything else is three. Tell you, mother, that's how you're going to Dayik. Let's look at the ratio. Look at the beginning. Let's infer from the beginning. Mishnah is all the way around. On Monday and on Thursday, and Shabbat Mincha, creating Gimel, you read three. But a tiny Tzibur is four. Because it says the only time that you read three, you have three aliyahs is Monday, Thursday, Monday, and Shabbos. So obviously, tiny tzibur is not included. It should be four if you're going to be dying for the Mishnah. Mishnah can't bring a proof one way or the other. So our question remains: How many aliyahs is on a tiny tzibur? The Rabbi Kulbavad almost came to bubble, but tiny tzibur on a tiny tzibur. Come, he stood up, caught up the sifra. He gave him an aliyah. Posach, he made a bracha in the outset. Posach, he opened up body, he made a bracha. When he finished reading, he did not make a bracha at the end. Now, why didn't he make a bracha at the end? Since he made a bracha in the beginning, it seems that we're talking about after the takana that every aliyah you make a bracha. Because obviously Yisrael, he got the third aliyah, and he made a bracha in the beginning. So obviously after the takana. So why didn't he make... Um, well, we'll come back to that in the beginning, about the bracha in the beginning. So why didn't he make a bracha at the end? It seems he didn't make a bracha at the end because there'll be another aliyah after him. And this is talking about sorry, before the takana, when you don't make a bracha, and therefore he didn't make a bracha at the end because there'll be a fourth aliyah. So isn't that clear that a tiny tzibur of four aliyahs? That's what Gemara starts off with. Second thing that happened, which we'll discuss later in the Gemara, they all didn't fill us up time, they all fell on their faces. But I didn't. And we'll come back to that soon, what happened there. Mehdi, Rab, Be'Yisrael, Korra, Rab, get to Yisrael. So my timer, the Aliyah Be'Yisrael, which is the last Aliyah in the thing, is my timer, why is it, Hosam, Hosam, he concluded his reading, well, I bought it, you make a bracha. Lav, isn't it? Because the Bible, Mikra, Acherin, the Basay, must be another Aliyah after him. Simple as that. Same with Loino. Rav Rav received the Ali of a coin, even though he was a Yisrael. Now, how can it be? How can Yisrael get a coin? We learned in Margit, we're learning Margitin that for Shabbat Shalom, whatever it is, they made that all that first relation should always be a coin. So we answered the Rav Huna. We learned over the talking Margitin, the Rav Huna. Kari Bikani, Rav Kuhuna had the Ali of coin, even though he's a Yisrael. So therefore, they have the same thing. So he had the Ali of coin. And therefore, there were two liyas after him. That's why I made a bracha before, didn't make a bracha afterwards. No proof that there are four liyas by a tiny. Says what are you talking about? Red coin in Ravasi, 
the Koyen Echashivadada, the Yisrael, the Basraman who were Koyen, and they were from Echashivadada, make of Kaivaruna, they were bottled Ravuna. So some are showing him, so we see here that if someone has a God will be Yisrael, he can get the Leah of the. Of year of Koyen, even though it says earlier to Halacha that today it doesn't apply, we don't have that kind of daily throw. But, um, and and according to the Azra, another Rishonim, it's Davka. If all if he's if this Yisrael, God will do it, is greater than any coin in the whole world because Rabun is in, is in bubble, Rabam Ravasi is in Ejisrael, Koyen Chashib Ejisrael, and yet we're saying because the, the coin in Ejisrael was sec- felt secondary to Rabun, Rabun got to his way. Had they not, it doesn't matter that all the coin in the bubble were were, uh, were inferior to Rav Yehuna, he still would not have got the Levi Yisrael. We need that all the coin in the world should be inferior to him. That's what it seems to be more here. But we actually had that Rav Asi was in bubble as well. So this could have been a time, even though we say he's a coin of Shiva Yisrael, but maybe at that time, they, uh, when he Yehuna had the Levi Yisrael, they were in bubble. Anyhow, Rav Ha'ika, Rav. But the Rav wasn't the greatest. So Harayeka Shmuel, Shmuel was a Koyin, and yet the Kanahavah Vedabrele Shmuel, and yet the Rav allowed Shmuel to go ahead of him whenever they walked together. So we see that the Rav, in fact, felt inferior to Shmuel. Says again, Rav really had the Lee of Koyin, and make of a Kaila Rav. The truth of the matter is that Shmuel was inferior to Rav. And, they, and Rav was quiet. So how come Rav allowed Shmuel to always go in front of him? But Rav would overlay covered. Rav gave him covered. As Rashi brings the Gemara here in Shabbos, where Rav cursed out Shmuel. There was a big argument over he cursed out Shmuel, he shouldn't have any kids, and afterwards he regretted his curse. So therefore, he always gave him covered. Says so the Gemara, where did Rav give covered to Shmuel? Only before they were together. They're not together. He did not do that. Says the Gemara, it makes sense. The Rabbi Kanikra, and I'll prove it to the Rabbi, actually got the Lee of Koyim, because if you're telling me that you're worried about Rav's bracha, if, if you tell me that what? The reason why Rav did not make a bracha at the end is because there's another Aliyah. So how come Rav did make a bracha in the beginning? It's the third Aliyah. He should make a bracha in the beginning. Remember, in, in, in before the Takana, it was the first Aliyah made the bracha in the beginning, the last Aliyah made bracha at the end. So obviously, Rav, this was the first Aliyah. These are not to be so clever. There is a Yisrael. My time of body, why you make a bracha before? Says the Gemara, we're talking about after Takana, that's my main bracha before. Says the Gemara, so why Taka didn't he make a bracha afterwards? Who cares if there was another Leah afterwards? There was another Leah, you have to make a bracha after the Leah. Is not milabodich, signy, and make a bracha as well. And what was the reason why we made this takana that everyone should make a bracha? Because exeda of nechnosin and yaitin, the nechnosin are people who come in late, and they they and they see the and they think the guy, um, you know, the guy doesn't make a um, didn't make they, if they didn't hear the first person make a bracha, they think there's no bracha at all for the tater. So they for every aliyah make a bracha, and at the end of the bracha make a, a bracha. If people leave in the middle and they think there's no bracha achreinu, so it made every aliyah make a bracha achreinu. So Rav's town, people came in late, so therefore we worried about the Baruch HaRashayim. No, nobody walked out of shul. Once you were there, you parked yourself in your seat and you stayed there. So therefore, they didn't need a takana of making a Baruch afterwards. Toshma coming here. Um, so another um, another proof regarding Tani Tzibur, it says, yeah, well, this is the rule. You know, it says, call... It says in the Brayse, Kosh Yesh Boy Bitu Melachalam. Any day where the people, you know, don't really work, you're going tiny tibur and tishuv. Sorry, any day where if you're staying in shul too long, you're going to lose out on work. For example, a tiny tibur, except you know the last set when it comes to rain, or tishuv with the halach is a lot of work. It's just a minute that we don't work. Koyin Gimel, 
then you only call up three people because people have to run back to work, rush back to work. But those days where you're not losing out so much, for example, you're not allowed to work unless it's a double of it, you can call incur a loss. And regarding and regarding as well, it's um Rashi brings over here the famous picture of Rabbi Lazar that women don't work on Rosh And why don't they work on Rosh Because of the Egel Azov, they were given a reward. They refused to give their jewelry, part with their jewelry, to give the husbands to create the Egel Azov. So therefore, they were given a schar, that the Yom Tov Rosh is their day off. And what exactly, what's the Svara behind it? Maybe because they believed, they didn't believe in the Ebesh Tachas So they followed the Goyim, who followed the sun. The, with the women who who were and they believe they too. so therefore they followed the moon because they gave us the moon as representing Klal Yisrael. So therefore, as a reward, they were they were given the schar of Rejchidish. Toisus actually uses the expression over here. He says um, the four lines at the top of the page. He says men are a lot of women Rejchidish. I will noshim asuris b'malacha. Not that it was a minig a reward. They, 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 they don't have to work. Tasha says they're forbidden to do work, which is actually a discussion on but Tasha clearly says, Noshim Asudas Malacha, they're not allowed to work. But Rashi here brings another shot where it seems from the the the, 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 the that we read on Rashidish, it says that you know, about that you took in contrast to the rest of the week, which is considered a working week. It sounds like even men didn't work on Rashidish as well, not just women. Anyway, continues the whole idea to do the work. So the Chayde Shmamina says clearly here that on a tiny tip, but you only see Elias. So that there's a result, a resolution to your question. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says that's not really a proof. Could I have another? And look at our Mishnah. Not now. I don't know how he is. Look at our Mishnah. This is a rule. Coach, yes, but most of any day when the Mishnah usually gives a rule, is trying to to add something that alludes to something that wasn't clearly spelled out in the Mishnah. And the Mishnah said the rule is any day that has an extra addition, many yom, there's not yom to occur, not a bar, you read four. So you might, what's it coming to add? It's not coming to add because, you're, because the, the Mishnah clearly spells it out. Must be the Mishnah coming to include and what are you adding? Anenu. So the Gemara, Ula Ravashi, and according to Ravashi, so Masnisin, so you're telling me that our Mishnah holds you get for Elias, it would seem that our Mishnah has no author. Mani, Loit Tanda, Kamel, Valet of Yesi, doesn't come out, doesn't conform with any Tanda. What's the story? Tanda, Loit Nabraisa. When we had this ready in Sakatanya, it's holy as Beshani Bechamishi. If Tishra, let's say, he falls out on a Monday or a Tainz, falls out on a Monday or on a Thursday, then like any other Monday and Thursday, Kraydin Gimel. Then you call, um, you call three people, Umaftir, Echad, and one of them, the three people is the one who gets to have time. But what happens um, if, uh, what happens if, let's say, Tuesday, Wednesday falls out? Then Koyda Echad, Umaftir Echad. Then what you do is, then you only call up one Aliyah, and, only, and that same person gets to have time as well. Because it's not the normal day of reading. That's a ton of comment. He says, no, I don't care for that Monday, Tuesday. You always call three people, and then after is one of them. Clearly, nobody holds you get four aliyahs. Everyone holds three. The question is, there's Tuesday and Wednesday. 
Says the Gemara, okay, the Rashi is very appreciated, but hang on, Shad and Mishnah, what's the Mishnah coming to add with that cloud? Well, the Kash is that cloud. The Gemara says, Loy Lassu Yerush Chaydish Umayr. The Mishnah is not coming to add with Chaydish and Yom and Chalamayr, but it says clearly the Mishnah is Chaydish Umayr. So the Abba is for Aliyah. So what's the Mishnah trying to add with that cloud if not Tainas Tibur? So the Gemara has seen Mona Ba'amliya. He's trying to explain to you the reason. Simon, how do you remember how many leaves in each one? So he's giving you a way to remember. Though you shouldn't think that Yom Tov and Cholomoy, Kedon, you should be the same, both treated the same way. You have five leaves. This is the rule. Hold the Tophil, Le Milsa, Mechavri. Anything that has only one thing more than the one, the next to it has one more aliyah. Tophil, Le Gavri, said, has one more aliyah. We have something extra. Musaf, you have four leaves. The yamtiv, the osur, the yamtiv has an additional thing. You're not allowed to work. It's chamisha five of them. So you keep putting. You get a punishment of koras. It's shisha six leaves. The shabbos, because it's skiller, even a higher notch, you get skiller than shiva except. Gufa, let's go back to what we said before. The rab equal bav rab came to bavel on a tainus and he got an aliyah. But further, it says come kara besifri. He read the sefer Torah pasach when he started to he got his aliyah. Bari he made a bracha chasam when he finished the aliyah. But the bari he made a bracha which we discussed just before. Aben nafo kuli alma pai. They all fell down on their faces. Nechilas apayim. But rab loy nafo alma. Rab did not fall on his face. And we want to know why not. My time. Uh, why takid didn't rab loy nafo alma? But why didn't he fall on his face? No, it's why you say tachm like everybody else did. Someone says, is a stone floor. And the tiny we learned we learned in the in the mission it says the Evan Maskis, they sit in the basket, don't cover your floor with stone, leash was alert to bow down on it. Only the base of Midrash you're allowed to bow, bow down on stone, nowhere else, not in the shul, not in the home, you're not allowed to bow down on stone. And before Rav did not bow down because it's on a stone. So the Gemara, like Ula said, only, only stone. If so, the uh, everyone shouldn't have done it. It was right in front of Rav. So, and therefore, he's the only one who didn't bow down. So, all he had to do is move over to the next person's place and bow down there as well. But let him go to the rest of the shul area where there was no stone floor. And who didn't feel the time there? If he stands up, then everybody would stand up and wait for him to go wherever he's going. And if he didn't want to be matriarch of the community. Or another answer is... <clears throat> That Rav pishit your dime raglaim have of it. In other words, the first opinion of Gemara is you're not allowed to bow down on stone. It doesn't matter whether you stretch your hands and feet out, or even if you just put your head down on the ground. With Rabbanon, that is forbidden on stone. And so shul, for example, today when we go on Yom Kippur, if there's a stone floor, so you don't bow down on the stone floor. Um, even though we don't, we're not doing the whole your pishit dime raglaim, the whole thing. You don't bow down on the floor uh, because some say it's mitzvah but if it's not a stone floor, it's a wooden floor, for example, or a carpet, it's not a problem. Ukudula said, another answer what it is, no. Second answer what it believes that if you don't do Pishra Gaim Raglaim, then even on the stone floor, it's permitted with Rabban and Matoya, everything is taste explained. The boy said, Rab, Pishra but he did Pishra, he stretched his hands and legs out. That's a problem. If you wouldn't have done that, like everybody else, then even with Rabban, there's no problem on stone floors. Every had a stone floor, but they didn't do Pishra Gaim they didn't stretch themselves all the way out. And 
What's a big deal? So let uh, stone floors. Let them do the fills up pine. Say tachun. But don't do the full, the full. Uh, you know, with the, the stretch out the hands and so on and so forth. You didn't want to change his mimic. If we just avoid it, saying it all together, you boy say adam shiny. A chosh of a person is different. You don't do the of pain in public if you're doing it on behalf of the community. Before, unless you know for sure you're going to get responded to like Yeshua. Kumla, stand up. By what's going on? Hashem, stand up. You don't know that you're for sure going to be answered. And therefore, if therefore, as Taze explained, it's only talking about when you're davening on behalf of Kali yourself. If you're doing it for yourself, it doesn't matter. How we learned? So we have different forms of bowing down. So the Gemara says, what's Kida? Kida is all a pine. Kida is putting your head on the ground. Shemar says, I think about Shemar Pai, I just, um, so we see that one, the Bashava bowed down with her head to the, touching the ground uh, twice. So therefore, um, that's called Kida. Kriya, when we say Kriya, what's Kriya? It's on your knees. Anyway, it says in the Pasik, Mikroya al Birkov. And he was kneeling on his knees. He's standing up from kneeling on his knees. And what's his tachavo? Zu pishidan raglayim. Shtachavo means you're stretching out your hands and your legs, completely lying down on the ground. So then it says, <coughs> it says, Hobai, Nove Anivi Imchaba Khachu Shtachilcha Artsa. And and I and your mother and your brother will bow down to him in, in on the ground. <coughs> so Yasyak was saying to his brother, Leva, Levi. Um Kida Kame the Rebbe Levi once demonstrated we had this in our Tainus as well. And Sukhabai Levi once demonstrated how Kida done before Rebbe Itla and he then he became limp, he became lame. Now what actually um, when you do Kida, if you do the right way, you don't use your hands. So you put your head your head all the way on the ground. And you and you put your thumbs there like you don't push on your thumb, but your thumbs don't have the power to to lift your body. So really, what's holding up your body is your waist, is your hips. And when you try to stand up, you can you don't use your hands because you only have your thumbs there. So you really you, all the weight goes on your hip, and you, therefore, he somehow or another um, it was, wasn't you know focused correctly, and um, and he misplaced and he dislocated. Is it says the Gemara? Is that the reason why you just hit? Um, that Levi said something to the Abish today. You forgot about your children, and that's why he was punished. So the other little hit, he tears There was a great man who said some words against the Abish, some words which are a bit brazen. The Eatla, and that caused them to become a limp. Who is that Levi? Says the Gemara, they both caused it to happen. In other words, these two events together cause to happen. Because you, you can get a punishment, and then when he's vulnerable, the Yetzirah always attacks someone when they're vulnerable. And that's what happened. Says the Gemara, When they didn't fill us a pime, they wouldn't do it straight on, they would do a little bit sideways. And because Adam Chashev really shouldn't um, shouldn't really be, be mapped on his pun of unless he knows will be answered. So therefore, he did a little bit sideways. Sounds from the way Rashi learned the Gemara. That's not like Trace is only when they daven on behalf of others. Even they daven for themselves. That's what they did. And a little bit further. The Yamtav Chamisha and Kapin Shisha Masis and Mani, who's author of Amishta? Yamtav is five, your Kippur is six, Shabbos is seven. And you said that you're allowed to add Aliyas. The Chayda, the Amishta doesn't conform with any time. What do you mean? Let Noya Bishmola Bakiba. Time we learned the Yamtav, according to Bishmola, Yamtav is five. Yam Kippur is six, six Aliyas. Shabbos Shiva, exactly like the Mishnah said, like we do. But Ain't you're not allowed to add to that. That's seven. Not like our Mishnah. 
seven on your kippur, uvishabashisha, a poichsin mehen avum you could add. So our mission is sort of incorporates both opinions. It says you're allowed to add, but it says Shabbos is seven. So who is it? Man, eat Abishmo Kasha to seven. It says in our mission you're allowed to add. Shmuel says no. Eat Abakiva Kasha, Shisha, Bashiva. The order is wrong. Our mission says Shabbos is seven, Abakiva says Yom Kippur is seven. Amarab says Rabbi Tonder Abishmol. He this is the Tonder Abishmol. Tonder Abishmol. The Yom Tov Chamish Yom Tov is five. The Yom Kippur Yom Shisha and Kippur six. And the Shabbos Shiva Shabbos seven. Ain't Poichsim and you don't diminish. I will make signal. You do add. These are words of Rabbi Shmuel. So there's another Brice that learns like our Mishnah that on Shabbos is seven and you're allowed to add. Says so you want to find, but Kasha Rabbi Shmuel, Shmuel, you have a contradiction of Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel. Which one is it? Says you want to trade Tanoi Eliba to Rabbi Shmuel. There are two Tanoim according to Rabbi Shmuel. Um, just four more lines. Man Tanu Halatan. So who's going to the following Brice? The Yomtiv on Yomtiv Maach and Yomtiv. You come to show a little bit later. You should, the davening times and yomtiv, it's brought down from should actually be, be be a little bit later <clears throat> than during than the rest of the time because you can still prepare a little bit for the meal yomtiv in the morning. Women mad in lots of you don't daven, you don't you don't you don't daven, and the chazan should gargle too long, so you go home and you can enjoy your yomtiv. The yom kippuri, yom kippuri, my man, love you coming early. There's nothing you do in the, at home, so you go to shul early. Women lots of do at home, and you come back, so you stay in shul longer. And Shabbos, and Shabbos, and the Gemara is going to think that how do you stay in Shul longer in Yom Kippur? Obviously, the Dabwing is a lot shorter than ours, was by having an extra Aliyah. So it sounds like Yom Kippur has more Aliyahs than Shabbos, because Shabbos, you can't really cook anything, and you're not allowed to prepare, and it's boiling and all that, so you don't really prepare much before Dabwing. So you go to Shul early. Or so you don't stay in Shul too long, so you can go home and enjoy the Shabbos. So Lema, Rabbi Kiva, the East Lake Gavri, you say that it says Yom Kippur, you spend more time in Shul. Sounds like this is Rabbi Kiva who has one more Aliyah. Says no proof. I feel tame Rabbi Shmuel. You can say to Rabbi Shmuel, who said we're talking about Aliyah? The nafish sidura the yame. The davening itself is long. The putim came much later, but the um, the davening itself is long on Yom Kippur, and that's what it means. Okay, we'll stop over here and continue tomorrow, Mitzvah